Hey everyone, before we get started, don't forget to subscribe, click on that notification bell, like, dislike, comment, let us know what you're thinking. You could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, today on the Angel of Words podcast, we have the Thank You Medley. Yes, we will be recapping all the episodes since we started in January of 2020. And wow, has it been a hectic year filled with unforeseen circumstances and, quite frankly, things that probably have been hidden in the dark for centuries. Now, that being said, I started this podcast because I grew up in New York City. I grew up experiencing a lot of things and experiencing a lot of people from all different walks of life. And it has been a blessing for me. I have learned who to stay away from and who to gravitate to. I have just learned how to gain insight into people because of all the experiences I've had in New York City. And that being said, that is why I do not see things in black and white. I just can't. It wouldn't be real to the anecdotes of my life. It just wouldn't be. And that is why I love this podcast and why I invite anyone who wants to speak their truth and has something or a platform that they need to express themselves. No matter where you come from, no matter what your political ideology is, you are welcome to come here and talk to me on the Angel of Words podcast because I know not everybody sees the world in black and white. Not everybody sees the world the same and the world is a big place. Why would you think otherwise? Now, that being said, my point is that I just hope that with whatever is going on now, we continue to respect one another. Whether you're a liberal, whether you're a a right winger it doesn't matter we must respect each other we need to start having dialogue that helps us progress some way that we can meet in the middle to help our citizens of the United States progress because if we don't we're gonna have a country that walks around on eggshells. And that is the last thing I want for any of us because I know what it's like to have to walk around on eggshells. And that is a horrible way to live. Now, that being said, there's a global pandemic happening all over the world. And so my people all over the world, please stay safe. Stay healthy. And I want to give a shout out to some special countries that have been listening in to the Angel of Words podcast, such as Finland, Poland, Germany, Italy, Spain, Ireland, and Argentina. I want to keep spreading the Angel of Words all across the world. And thank you for being the the um worldwide pioneers of listening to the angel of words podcast i really appreciate it and uh, don't think that i don't know that you're listening and uh, thank you so much now to all my guests 
thank you so much for coming on this program and speaking your truth. And I I just want to let you know that I really appreciate it. All you guys come from different walks of life, have different ideologies, have been through different things. And I just appreciate you taking a risk on me and coming out here and, uh, and you know, and speaking your truth and, and, and letting me know what it is and, you know, w- what you see and, and how your struggle has helped you become a better person. It, you know, it, it really it really motivates me talking to you guys and listening to your stories now to my team i love you guys i can't do it without you i'll be completely honest with you um you know sometimes i know that uh i may get a little bit annoying but without you guys I would have never been able to, to, to get this far on the podcast. And we're, don't worry. Uh, with a team like you, we're going to continue moving forward. And when it, we're going to continue bringing people great stories, great truths, great facts, and unbiased situations for pe- people to listen to that, you know, that will make them feel either good about themselves, good about the future, or good about what's, ar- what's surrounding them. Now, on deck... On the Angel of Words podcast, we have the Thank You Medley. Episode 1, Francis Medina, New York City Department of Vital Statistics Insider. Okay. Now, Fran, there's two different types of birth certificates. Am I correct? Yes. You have the long-form birth certificate mm-hmm. and the short-form birth certificate. Yes. Could you please, for the love of God, explain to us <laughs> what is the difference between the two? Well, the long-form certificate is what we call your original, a copy of your original, a certified copy of your original certificate of when you was born which has the hospital, the time. Um, normally it will have your parents' background, whether they're where they're from, or um, if it's if you're old, you know, an older person, it'll have your origin or background. Like back in the days it had Negro, Hispanic, this and that. Nowadays they don't do that. They just put if your parents are from another country, they'll put where your parents are from. Um, some people have their parents' birth dates. Some people have their parents' age of when they gave, you know, birth to you. And so it has way more information. It has exactly, it's the a copy of your original. It's a certified copy of that original certificate that you was born with. Episode two, James the Beast Wilson, heavyweight boxer. Now, you told me a very funny story. And I want to mention a man that you said was like a father figure to you, Andy Moran. Ah, yeah. You know, um, and could you uh, elaborate on how the um, the beast came yeah. to be, if yeah. you will? That's funny. Yeah, Andy Moran. So Andy Moran is uh, my high school head football coach. Um, I would say this is probably one of the first male figures, you know what I mean, that I kind of gave trust to. I mean, growing up, man, I, I was angry. I didn't trust nobody. I ain't, you know what I mean? And um, he just kind of like took to me, you know, took me under his wing like, I see what you're going through. I know where you came from, but you have an opportunity to be great. 
there's there's a certain skill and a certain mindset that you possess, man. That's gonna allow you to gather the situation that you win. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, one of the things he used to always tell me, damn, James, you run the ball like you angry. Cause I was angry. Yeah. But he was able to help me take that and transfer that to the field. And because of that, man, I ended up getting a full ride to, to play ball. Well, tell us about the fumbling. You forgot that part. Oh, yeah. The hey, game hey. that you fumbled all the time. Yeah. Yo, yo, yeah. I remember you spoke yo. to me about yeah. that. Hey. I love that, man. That's one of my favorite, hey. uh, you know, yeah, pieces of that I spoke to you. And that was real. Like, yeah. And that's and that showed that he entrusted me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my first game, my first time playing high school football, I'm a, I'm a running back, you know what I mean? And, uh, yo, I fumbled the ball like six times in one game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the crazy thing is, most people they get your ass on the bench, yeah. man. You ain't getting back in this game, <laughs> yeah, yo. You're right in the pine yeah, yeah, after you, that you, more you than done, likely, you yeah. Done, you know what I mean? <laughs> but what he did, yo, yo, he kept feeding me the rock. Yeah, kept feeding me the rock, kept feeding me the rock, and because of that, man, that that helped that that mindset of man, you you don't fucking quit. Yeah. Shit ain't gonna always go your way. You know what I mean? You ain't always get it right the first time, but you go keep fucking going, and eventually, you know what I'm saying? Shit's gonna start clicking. Shit's gonna get better. You know what I mean? But yeah, for sure, that was very, that was something that I remember for the rest of my life, man. Episode three, Jonathan Croyder, coma survivor. Uh, you know, while in Thailand, you know, you were, you know, working, you had, you were moonlighting as a DJ, but then something happened to you. Yes. That changed the course of your life. Yes, Angel, yes. Could you discuss what happened to you on that faithful night in Thailand? Well, um, I was, uh, I, I, I have been, I have lived there more than four years. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, one night, uh, I was uh, out with my friends. Um, uh, we had dinner. They played music. We danced. You know, we went to different places. It was a great time. And then um, it was the end of the evening, so it was time to go home. So I said, okay, good night, everyone. Uh, see you again very soon. And we all went home. And I was going to cross the street, you know, uh, to, to start walking home, uh, but there were many cars coming, so I, I stopped. Uh, and then when the cars stopped and I was able to cross the street, I started crossing the street. Um, but what happened was there was not a car, not a truck, a tuk-tuk. That's a, 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 a thing that they're using in Asia uh, uh, that didn't see me and I didn't see them. And... It hit me, and it hit me very, very, very hard. Uh, I, I, I was 1% away from, from dying from that exact second. Episode 4, Migos, Grammy winners, hip-hop. Now, when you guys go in the studio, y'all write y'all stuff or y'all spit off the dome? Off the dome. Wow, okay, so nothing is rare when y'all in the studio. It's just straight off the top. That, that's crazy. Nothing special. We're going straight in. You know what I'm saying? We got a 15-minute move. You got to come up with a song and get your ass out the booth. Episode 5, Edgar Santana, photographer. Now, you also have an interesting perspective that I noticed, uh, you know, doing my research on you. You call the Bronx the forgotten borough. It is. Um. Please elaborate on that. Why do you um, feel like everybody forgets about the Bronx? Because I'll be completely honest with you. I feel like the Bronx gets a bad rap. I mean, it does. It does you know? continue to. Because, you know, people think of people that don't live in the borough. Yeah. You know, they hear the Bronx. They're like, oh, that's the hood. But let me tell you, there's good and bad of everywhere. You know, um, you know, you. we were just talking about gentrification, you know, a few minutes ago. And, um, you know, the Bronx is slowly but surely being gentrified. 
People are being priced out of Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan. They don't know where to go. So where are they going? They're going to Mott Haven is where they're going. They're going to Mott Haven. <laughs> so like two years ago, three years ago, Mott Haven apartments were like eight hundred dollars. Now they're luxury lofts. Now they're luxury lofts. <laughs> so that tells you right there that yeah. it's slowly being gentrified, and a lot of parts of the Bronx are still untouched. Uh, but remember, that's that when gentrification comes along, the culture goes along with it. And people that have lived in these neighborhoods for 40, 50 years, 60 years, where are they going to go? Episode 6, Mark Bird, author. And um, one of your characters in the book who is, you know, obviously it's going to be probably everybody's favorite yeah. is Carol. <laughs> a strong African-American woman goes yeah. through a lot in, in, that, in, in the book. Yeah. Um, what was your inspiration behind that character, man? So, I... We, we watched, uh, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research, and um, <laughs> it's crazy that you brought that up. Uh, she, she just, it came up in, into play because I was thinking, how could I grip, grab, like you said, like from the 19th century to the 21st century, how can I, like, make this, like, happen? And me going into, like, Carol's life, I... I try to write people that I knew, you know what I mean? And like people that I know that went through a lot. And um, even down to like my, some of my own experiences, because I don't, I can never say that I'm a woman. I can never say that I, I'm going to carry a child. I don't know what it's like. I don't, but I do know some of the things that have been explained to me and some of the things that I've seen and some of the things I've heard uh, through stories and more. And I was just like, dad, like I have to make sure that people are um, extremely moved by her story. So that's how, like, it really, like, started really manifesting itself. Episode 7, Ninfa Molina, singer, La Voz, season 2. You were working with Alejandra Guzman during that time. What was that experience like? Because that woman has sold over 30 million records in her lifetime. She's an animal. The fact that she turned her chair, you guys didn't see that on the yeah. audition, mm -hmm. but I, she turned and I just went like this to her and people don't see that on TV because yeah. it was just an amazing, I was like, she's turning like, and it was like an immediate click, you know, with her because she turned, you know, nobody else turned, but she turned Yeah, and she trusted in my talent. And, uh, you know, after, after the audition was over, we went back, um, you know, um, on backstage and then we were talking and she was like, there's something in your voice that tells me I needed to turn. So working with her is just amazing, you know, and not just her, but everybody within the, within the production, on, on, full on with every single artist that's part of the show. I've been to different shows before, and I have never had the training or coaching that I had in this show. Wow, so you were on other reality TV I was shows. Other, yeah. Oh, such as, where can we find you? I did you? Latin American Idol. Oh, Latin back, American Idol. Back in, wow. Yeah, back in 2006. And wow. I actually auditioned in Colombia, mm -hmm. and then from Colombia, I was picked. Uh, we made it to the top... 300 then there mm -hmm. and then we went to to argentina argentina buenos aires nice. and then there uh they picked about 30 people yeah top 30 and you made, so a, made top it to 30? a top 30 wow episode eight serge abaca 2019 nba champion toronto raptors were you treated like a hero serge were you treated like a hero out there what you know were you excited about that yeah, I was, I was excited, yeah. I was very excited because to me, that's part of the dream to me. You know, the dream come true. You know, I wanted to, you know, I always wanted to, you know, to, to inspire a lot of kids, you know, back home. Because since I was the first and the only one, the first one who made 
you know, near the NBA, you know, and then I wanted to to inspire them, you know, to to let them know, you know, it's not it's no matter where you come from or who you are or what what, what family you come from, you know, you can still you can still reach your goal or you know you can still make your dreams come true, you know, and then with hard work and be patient and discipline and anything possible. So that's why I took the children to the back home. Episode 9, Karis LeBlanc, POI expert. Now, is there any truth to the rumor? Because I've heard this kind of nonsense a lot. I don't want to know if you've actually experienced it. There's orgies going on at Burning Man as well. What's up with that? I heard there's a freak show too over there. Like, I understand people are naked, but are, like, are they like uh, embarking upon uh, different experiences you don't, you don't see like very often? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's like the gay parade here in New York, you know? Yeah. I mean, this kind of, again, like when, when it comes to like all of the principles of Burning Man, yeah. there is no like really structure to any of it. Yeah. So yes, there are, you know, there's theme camps for everything and almost anything that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. You could go to a camp and learn how to bake cookies. You could go to a Russian banyan. You could go to, I mean, there's the orgy dome. You could go to like a gay themed camp or a, you know, um, I don't even know, like a hard rock camp. We saw a bluegrass camp one night that was so there's definitely that. I think that comes with radical self-expression and like committing to an experience. Some people, that's part of what they do with Burning Man and maybe they take it into the real world. Perhaps they don't. Perhaps that's their one week to completely release themselves, like free themselves sexually and express themselves that way to whatever that ends up. Episode 10, Coronavirus, Coronafied. You know, this is not a joke. I've even heard people say uh, nothing's going to stop me from partying. I mean, this weekend alone, this weekend alone, there was a party in my building of like 25 people. And my father told me as well in his building, like 25, 30 person parties, people turning up like it's 1999. Bro, what are you doing, baby? What are you doing? Come on, man. Let's do what we got to do. Let's keep our asses home as much as we possibly can and go outside when we need some. Please. You guys don't want to stay locked up four, five, six, seven, eight months. You know? That's not what we want to do. We want to get outside. We want to continue our normal lives. We want to get this economy up and popping. You know what I'm saying? Things ain't cool right now, man. You know, we got to do our parts to, to help and make sure that we can get through this as quick as possible. It's in everyone's best interest. Episode 11, Mario Munoz. Latin Grammy nominated musician. Everybody yeah. want to get the bag. Yeah. Everybody wants to secure that bag. Everybody. Yeah, but you got to find a way to do it. What you going to do for it? Yeah. You are know? you going to be, are you going to take, are you going to have sleepless nights? Are you going to be like, nah, I got two, three days. Or are you going to be the one that's sleeping and just like, oh, how am I going to get the next dollar? You got to pick and choose. You know, I go days without sleeping in studios. People don't understand they that. They don't bro. understand what I, they just see, 
cute stuff on, yeah. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. The, oh, we on stage with the artists and the money, the this, the flashy stuff. Nah, bro. They don't see the getting up early to the to the airport, mm -hmm. the hours we spend to make good music for people. Yeah. You know? So you could be chilling over there and, and sweating your life out yeah. and whatever it is. But, nigga, we doing nights and nights and nights. Yeah. Greatest music is made at 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah. When people are sleeping, we, we're the ones cooking up. Yeah. Episode 12, Nick Wright, host of First Things First on Fox Sports 1. What do you think is the one of the biggest things that, that Force is facing right now in terms of like social consciousness, one of the biggest issues? In the sports in world? In the sports world, yeah. America's race problem? Mm -hmm. um, I like to consider myself a student of history, particularly U.S. history from reconstruction through the civil rights act and if you have any study in american history you know that like while in england it's class is the issue or in europe i should say it's probably class in india it's a caste system yeah. system america's it's a race issue mm -hmm. and any country that supercharged its Ability because we're still a young country into world yeah. superpower through unpaid slave labor is going to have a race issue, and we've never, in my opinion, honestly and truly dealt with it. Episode 13 Ray Lopez, founder Nola MMA. If you're stepping into a cage, or you're stepping into a ring, or you're stepping onto a mat. And you don't have a little bit of fear, a little bit of nervousness, you probably shouldn't be fighting. Right? Because you've got to respect exactly. what you're doing. You've got to understand one shot could end you. You know, one bad submission hold, one bad fall, you break your neck, you fucking get mm -hmm. head trauma, you, you, you a vegetable for the rest of your yep. life. You know, and that's, that's the kind of thing that sometimes people don't take into consideration. I got guys that come off the street and they're like, I want to fight. I want to be in the UFC. And I'm like, all right, well, have you trained before? And they're like, nah. I was like, all right, well, first of all, that's not going to happen, yeah. probably. Second of all, even when people come to me train, you got to be with me for six months because I have to know that the ability to fight isn't it, man. It's your yes. mental state. Your mental state is everything, man. You got to be coachable. You got to be teachable. You got to be humble. You got to have no ego. You got to be able to work with your training partners and not go too hard yeah. and hurt everybody. You know what I'm saying? You break your toys all the time. You're not going to have exactly. nothing to play with. You know, it's a, it, it, these guys got fights coming up too. So we're all training with each other. You know, it's not like boxing where you just bring in sparring partners just to knock yeah. the fuck out. You know, you, you're working with each other, trying to help each other get better. So you got to protect each other, man. We got a responsibility to each other. So I've had guys completely trained come in and be like, I have fights. I'll be like, yeah, but you're not fighting for me for six months to a year. Cause I got I got to know how you yeah. are. You know, and if you're not a good fit for the family, I'm not going to have to kick you out. You'll leave because it's it, the, 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 the vibe ain't right, you know, and, and I haven't had to kick anybody out of the gym, man. I haven't had to deal with that. They just they just don't come back if yeah. it's not for them. Episode 14, Speedy Claxton, 2003 NBA champion, San Antonio Spurs. Now, Speedy, man, you know, I want to talk about one of your contemporaries, someone, you know, that, that was a, a legend in the NBA, Kobe Bryant, passed away. And, you know, I just want to know your thoughts on that because I know you have children and it is, he is one of your contemporaries. I know it isn't easy. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Um, you know, Kobe's one of the greatest, of course. And, you know, being in the NBA, it takes a lot of your family time away from you because, you know, the season's so long. And uh, so, especially Kobe, the, with his work effort, he was always working on his game, as he should have been. Um, so, you know, once he retired and he was able to make up that time that he was missing with his family, that's what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, every time you seen Kobe post-retirement, he was with his daughter, he was with his family, he was at a UConn, he was at the UConn game, he was at the Lakers game, always had his daughter by his side. He was coaching her AU team. So you could see that he was really focusing um, on getting his family back together and being one, as being one. Um, but that to happen, it was so sad. I remember my daughter calling me, and even she was crying. You could see how tight the two were. But then, you know, you also see how God works in mysterious ways because those two was probably the tightest in their family, and they probably couldn't have lived without each other. Episode 15, Quarantine Revelations, hashtag bipartisan. But let's talk about Andrew Cuomo versus Addison Mitchell McConnell Jr. Oh, my God. Yo, the funniest thing, bro. I love it when people get called out, especially in politics. It makes for excellent TV, for absolutely excellent TV. I enjoy it. Mario Cuomo has been coming out calm, cool, collected. Well, yo, he's the master of PowerPoints presentations, by the way. Oh, my God. I never saw a man make a PowerPoint presentation that interesting in my whole entire life. Like, Andrew Cuomo should do a tutorial on YouTube on PowerPoint presentations, and he'll probably break the whole entire fucking YouTube. Honestly. YouTube will be like, oh, my God, this how-to video is exploding. Like, what are we going to do? Episode 16, Linda Monteroso clinical research expert drug thrown out there hydrochloroquine and do you feel like you know that information should have been played closer to the chest instead of you know like advertising that as like the miracle drug like you feel like the administration made a big mistake doing that well i uh i'm not gonna talk politics yeah but I am not very fond. No, of, but I'm talking like, like scientifically. Like, is that something that people no, usually do? Like, you you don't go out on a limb on a drug if you don't know. Well, that, no, yeah. by all, no, by. I mean, that's the that's the first thing that you do when you're doing clinical trials is you have to list. And one one important thing also to kind of talk about is not only the the way that that drug is going to develop within you or, or um, how you're going to react to that drug in itself, but you also have to think of like other medications that you're currently taking so if you take a healthy person and you test, you know that's the ideal population really when you're trying to test out a drug right a healthy person who has no other um other uh, factors that come into play you know you're not taking you know much older population you're not taking someone that has other um you know comorbid you know uh ailments or whatever it may be but 
when you're testing this drug, you don't know how it's going to actually have an effect on another drug you're currently taking. So if you've ever had a physician prescribe a drug to you, they're going to ask you beforehand, what other medications are you taking? When you go and see your doctor's office, they're going to ask you to list all the other medications you're taking because they want to make sure that whatever drug they do give you, is not going to have a negative side effect on uh, because of it interacting with a current drug that you're taking. And so with regards to, um, you know, this, this like, I guess, uh, drugs, the miracle drug that you're referring to, you know, it has side effects in itself. You know, you're talking about headaches and dizziness and nausea and vomiting, a lot of other things that actually have come about because of COVID. And so I don't think that it, you know, at the very least from a scientific perspective, you should really jump on to say, this is a miracle drug. This is going to be the cure-all. We don't know whether or not it's going to be effective with everyone. We don't know whether or not it's going to um, be the solution. But I think that that's the problem that we're running into right now with regards to this is no one knows really how it's going to play out. No one knows whether or not this specific drug is going to be the uh, solution to everything. And so um, you really have to kind of do your research. You have to kind of see whether or not you uh, being, you know, I've heard so many stories of healthy people. And that's something that you hear in the news, healthy people who have uh, been now are on respirators with COVID, uh, due to COVID. You know, what do you think is going to end up happening with regards to someone who already has all these other ailments and then they're taking this new medication thinking this is going to solve the situation? You don't know how that person's going to react. And that's where really clinical research is, is really key because you want to test out these things in a, in a confined. Episode 17, Rebecca Vasquez. Emergency room physician assistant. But the, another thing that's nuts, Rebecca, that I've been hearing is something called pediatric multi-system inflammatory syndrome yes. that seems to be affecting, you know, the, the younger population. Um, and it's, it's apparently it's due to coronavirus. I mean, have you seen any of that? We have 64 cases here in New York. Have you have you heard about that or anything? Could, do you know anything about that? Yeah, so we have heard of a few different cases um, in the area, and that was definitely, you know, a big concern in the beginning when they just kept talking about how this virus is only affecting mainly the elderly population, because it just doesn't make any sense. Viruses don't follow any rules. There's no virus in the world that is only going to affect one particular age group or one particular, you know, subset of patients. Episode 18, Yatesa Ramirez, ultrasound technologist. How does it feel when you, when you, when you're with a mother for the a first time mother and you see the look on their face when they see that heartbeat, that must be dope. It is. The only thing is we're not allowed to say anything. Ew. Because we're not. See, I don't doctors. have children. I don't know. I've I've learned so much these last three weeks. I'm really proud of all the all the guests that I've had on this show. Like, you know, like, you know I'm such a dumb Neanderthal man. You know, it's good to like. No, no like, not at you know. all. Not at all. Every day's a learning hey, experience. I know. I love Even it, but me. I love this podcast. I'm becoming smarter and smarter by the week. You know. <laughs> so they're not allowed to see the heartbeat. So explain that process to me. I've never been in that room. Well, some people. Some clinics, were, um, as techs, we're not allowed to say anything to the patient okay. at all. No matter where we are, we're not allowed to say anything. We're not doctors. Okay. 
we diagnose the patient mm-hmm. for the doctor and the doctor will have the, his last impression. So God forbid if the patient comes in and there's a fetal demise. We're not allowed to say, hey, by the way, you have a dead baby. Mm-hmm. You have a dead baby inside, you know, that will heart, the mother will be so heartbroken, yeah. you know, like, and then we could get also sued for that. Episode 19, Pranchanta O'Neill, property owner. Like, how does that make you feel? What do you tell your ch- your sons about dealing with white people and, you know, and just, you know, and just dealing with life overall? Because that's a scary statistic, Miss O'Neill. How, how I was brought up and how I teach my sons is not very different. But I pray every day that my sons walk out the house. I pray to God and thank God that they walk back in the house. And I know my sons are good boys. I know they have good character, but that does not mean anything to a racist or that does not mean anything to anybody who wants to gun them down for absolutely no reason except for them being African-American young men. Episode 20, Ebony Allison, head of content, Blue Magazine. So what do you think, you know, what do you think, what do you want, like, as a person of the black community? Like, what, 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 you know, what, what is something, you know, is it reform in the, in the judicial system? Like, what do you think will be the good, you know, the right steps to start taking after, you know, during this process now that we're undergoing? I think, first of all, acknowledging, like, I think people honestly need to acknowledge the, the problems or the, the issues that they have brought on to just the black community is people in higher power need to literally just own up to like the fuck up, own up to your racism, own up to your bullshit. Um, that starts there. And then honestly, and just genuinely want to change But I mean, as far as moving forward from this, it's kind of scary because it's like, how do we actually move forward? Because either way we know whoever is elected is a racist. And we know that no matter how much we fight, like what we need is not going to be in there. It's not going to be like something that they actually are working for. Like they're not working to better the black community. Um, So it's just a really scary time. I talked to my friends like overseas in Europe and they always talk about like, yo, like maybe you guys need to like leave and like move over here because Black people in Europe or in London or overseas are just not treated at all the same way that we are treated here in America. So it's just a very, like I said, it's just a scary time. And I honestly don't know how we will move forward with a racist president. But as far as change, I think that it's going to have to start with like real unity. Like Black people have to be more united than ever. Like we can't lean on the president we can't lean on the government we have to literally lean on each other episode 21 ivan banjo fontanes activist that was kind of the epicenter of of the, of the riot across the street and in that mall there is a autozone um and one guy dressed in all black with a with an umbrella and a, and a one like riot gas mask um, was starting to smash the windows of that particular establishment just across the street. Um, protesters go to him and try to stop him and, you know, drive him away. But once those glasses break, it kind of just 
people's uh, energy just kind of riles up, and 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 that's the first building that gets burned after this guy had you know smashed the windows. Over the course of the rest of the days, his ex-wife comes forward um, to say, you know, that's him. I know him because of the way he walks and the mask he's wearing is mine. Uh, that's definitely him. And uh, some research turned out to point that he was a he's a, a St. Paul police officer. Episode 22, Jamili Whitfield, licensed clinical social worker. And so this is the image that they've made. When when we look at systemic racism, when we look at anti-blackness, look at the newspaper articles that were coming out back in the days. It was of black people looking like animals, literally like animals. Every movie that has come out from back in the days, how were they portrayed? Animals, beasts, hurting people, thieves, criminals, etc. And these are white actors, black facing, painting themselves, running after a woman to rape her, running after this. So this is what they're doing. They're infiltrating in the media and what we're seeing now. You see, we we too woke right now to fall for it because we got these to you know to fall for anything else. But back in the days when they didn't have that, there was no recording. This is history still continuing. This is the yeah, media Jamili, they still that are, people, They're still Latino, t- Latinos knowing the facts still do not care at right, all Because whatsoever. you know what? Because we think we're the <laughs> shit and we're not. And we're not. Because honestly, if it wasn't for the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that then transitioned that to the 1965 the Immigration, immigration Act, Act you, yeah. we wouldn't be here. We would not be here. And so this is what upsets me in having conversations. With, like, I've had to go back and forth with a lot of people, even my own family. I remember half of my family was like going for Trump and I, you know, I felt some kind of way. And I was, I was a little smart. So I was like, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for my father petitioning for all of y'all to come from DR, y'all would still be living in a little hut. So before you out here talk about you want Republican and you want this and you want this without understanding the facts, ustedes bien si uno campesino, literally wearing rags on the side if my father didn't sacrifice because of the 1965 Immigration Act to have y'all here. Episode 23, Natalia Hernandez-Nunez, singer. Brianna. Ooh, okay, a Rihanna person. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's so back and forth with these questions. I love it. Now, yeah. before we end the podcast, we would like to ask you if you could sing the first verse of Celos ah! for us, a cappella. Okay. So I'll sing Celos. A little bit okay. of it, and then you can sing kind of. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, so so the public can hear your lovely voice, because so, you know people are listening to me all the way all the way out to Spain, France, like uh, on the Spotify. You know, you never know. We gotta hear that <laughs> voice, you know. All right, so the fellows, like we mentioned earlier, is the complexities of being side seats and not wanting to be so anymore. It goes like this. Al comienzo entendía que solo era cama, no había amor. Recuerdo cuando me decía, hablamos luego, que ya llegó. Y nos fuimos desenvolviendo, perdiendo el miedo. No había lugar y ni hora para un beso. Corazón, ya no estoy aceptando. Yo soy tu tramita, te amo. Son unos celos, una 
Episode 24, Kareem S. Reeves, Medicare expert. Mr. Kareem Reeves, thank you for joining us today here, my brother. I really appreciate your presence. I have a lot of confusion. I have some old people in my family, you know, older people in my family that want to know about the situation. You know, they're tired of being confused. People are calling them. There's $184 missing from their check. They want to know what that means. <laughs> well, first of all, Andrew, thank you so much for having me on, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm really um, appreciative and uh, grateful to be a part of this platform tonight. Um, if I could add some clarity and uh, help uh, one person, I always say, uh, you know, my job is well done. First question is like, you know, who's eligible for Medicare? You know, how does that work? And, you know, why do, you know, what is part A, B, C, D, E, F, G? No, it's only part A, B, C, D. But, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's break it down. So for Medicare, uh, who's eligible? So anybody who is a citizen who has worked 10 years, 40 quarters, or a legal permanent resident, Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed the thank you medley. And uh, we will be continuing to bring you more podcasts moving forward. I look forward to a great second half. I really pray that the global pandemic subsides and we all continue to be able to live as normal lives as possible. But just I just want you all to know, keep your heads up. You know, if you want to follow me and what I'm doing on my social media, it's at Angel of Words ENT. You know where to find me on YouTube and you know that I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Talk to you later.